0: Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show.
1: Welcome back, everybody. This is Rick Roberts, and we're here at the School of Laughs podcast. I'm here today along with producer Gavin. Gavin, how's it going, buddy? Going pretty good. Good. Hey, today, gang, our topic is a common question. I've probably got this question 10 or 15 times since we started the podcast, and it's all about how much do I charge? What is my fee? What should I quote people? You know, In a comedy club, it's one thing, but when you're doing your own stuff, yeah. you're the person quoting the price. So that's <laughs> going to be our theme. We'll get to that here in a minute. And thanks to over a dozen of you guys who have asked that question, I kind of took some extra time with this to hope to give you some good advice and advice that I, I use on myself. So For sure. It's, it's either working or not working. I'll tell you both sides of it. Yeah. So that's our topic. Uh, another thing, we've never done this before, but I'm going to dedicate this particular podcast to a broadcasting genius who passed away on us a couple weeks ago, um, Tom Maliazzi. If you don't know his name, you know him from the Click and Clack Car Talk show on NPR. Great show. When I first started traveling, Gavin, there was no serious XM radio to listen to. And I would, you know, you can only take so much sports talk before you want to do whatever. So I would flip over and land on NPR, and I'd find the Car Talk show. For sure. And man, I would sit there and listen to that, and... These guys weren't comedians. They weren't even real, true broadcasters yeah. in the sense of it. They just no, they weren't. They, they hung up by the <laughs> microphone and they would they would yeah. crack me up. And yeah, whatever car knowledge I have is taken from just a few of those episodes. You Absolutely, know? mine as well. And every every time I was driving in my old 1996 three cylinder Isuzu pickup <laughs> truck, I was hoping somebody would call in and ask a question about a three cylinder Isuzu pickup yeah. truck. <laughs> and I was the only one in the country driving it. Yeah, unfortunately. But um, Tom aliachi passed away a couple weeks ago. This is, a, this is a little thing here I want to show you, Gavin. When I was driving in the car, if you guys have listened to Car Talk at all, you know that they would have an a intermission kind of in the middle, right. and they would play a song, and the song always had to do about cars or sure. driving or whatever. So I heard that back in like 1990 or whatever, yeah. and thought, man, if I wrote a song about cars <laughs> and sent it in, maybe they'll play it. Yeah. So I wrote this song called It's a Rental.
0: Oh, right. Okay. And, and
1: maybe at the end of this episode, we'll just let it roll. Yeah, Is that yeah we can, we can do, that. do yeah. Okay, so we'll throw it on the end of this episode if you want to hear the song, if you haven't before. And I sent it in, and about five weeks later, I get a phone call from their producer. He's like, hey, Rick, we'd like to use your song on the radio. just want to make sure it was cool with right. you. I said, excellent. And then a little while later that year, uh, the producer, Doug Berman, called me up again. He goes, hey, we're going to do a charity CD. Can oh, we nice. put your song on the charity CD along with 20 others? and this'll be something we use for fundraising on NPR and our fundraising drives oh, and very stuff. Cool. So I've got this copy here in my hand. That's for you, Mr. Gavin. Yeah. That's uh, 21 Car Talk tunes, volume one. And uh, it so definitely this episode- shows you.
0: you never know when that opportunity is gonna like present itself, you know? No, Josh. and what's
1: funny, the the first time that, that song aired on there, um, I started getting all these hits on my website and people ordering my CDs. Yeah. And I hadn't heard the episode yet, and when I did, I'm like, oh, oh. And that's why they're getting these orders from Boston and places I've never been before. Gotcha. And so it's one of, the, one of the few things that started a little snowball rolling towards me thinking, okay, if I can get my song out there, people can hear me, they'll right. buy some CDs, maybe I'll go to their town. Just one little wrinkle in this yeah. big comedy business. Scene. Yeah. So anyway, uh, rest easy there, Mr. Maliazzi. Yeah, and thanks absolutely. for the last while we had him. Yeah. All right. A couple of iTunes reviews. The challenge in our goals episode was to reach 50 iTunes reviews before New Year's Eve. <laughs> and I think we're up to 28. Be nice. Now, that's pretty Past good. halfway. But we got to keep going, people. Yeah. we got to get there. If we get to 50, I'm going to send everybody that has put an iTunes review in here a special gift for the holidays. Yeah. But we have to get to 50. And when we do, I'll rein you guys in and give you something. So here's a couple. (laughs) It's uh, a
0: bill for all the previous podcasting that we've done. (laughs) We're
1: going to divide up the $15 a month fee between all of you guys. Yeah. Uh, Mike DeVore (laughs) chimed in with a nice five star uh, ranking and said Rick's insight provides listeners with tips on how to be productive in the world of comedy. I learned a lot and look forward to more episodes. Thanks. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Uh, From Brad Johnson, 40. I have been interested in getting into stand-up, and this podcast is great for someone like me who lives in the middle of the sticks where there's no workshops or open mics to learn from. And that's definitely one of my goals with this podcast is to reach people that just don't have a place. And so that was cool. And then Brent Allen, live. This is Brent Allen. He says, I've been in comedy for a couple of years now, so I'm living what Rick is talking about. He's helping me put words to what I'm experiencing. The production quality is great, and nice. the content is even better. Nice. Thanks to Rick and Gavin. Gavin Woo. got a mention. I got a mention. All nice. right. Well, Thank I can live another day. That's right. <laughs> thanks for those keep them coming in yeah send in your questions to the school of laughs at gmail.com email address and we'll get them on the air just like today's big question which came from more than a dozen of you guys what should i charge Hmm. all right so just (laughs) like we always do when we have one of these big ones i kind of break it out in different little sections yeah and i might not give you the specific answer you're looking for but i'm going to give you the tools to get to that point to that answer and feel good about it yeah Uh, because it's such a wide open thing the comedy marketplace is is big and varied and you're going up against different people that have different levels of experience sure so let i'll just say this in, in the comedy club market in that particular market you never tell them what you're going to charge they tell you what you're going to get and you either take it or you don't
0: right okay so that like breaking it out i guess
1: so gavin say you get your first gig at a comedy club yeah what's going on i know <laughs> gavin's like is this real yeah. this is not real okay. this is not a christmas present dang it <laughs> but you might have been doing open mics at a club for a while. Sure. And they're like, Gavin, we'd like to have you MC next week. Right. And you, and you say, sure. Yeah. You're not even asking what the money is. Yeah, I'll do it. Done. And you might go do that MC week and, oh. and there was no money. Right. Or you get there and at the end of the week, you're like, I wonder what I get paid for this week. Yeah. And then you go in and you get paid. And, you know, an MC week at a, at a club that has at least five or six nights of shows, yeah, somewhere in the... 300 to 400 dollar range for the week for the week okay and that's just it depends on whether it's a small club or a big chain or well, how the many shows is, yeah but they're going to tell you what you're going to get okay there's very little room for negotiation because <laughs> the law of supply and demand is hugely in the favor of the comedy club right for every one person that gets an mc week at a comedy club each year there's 50 guys or gals that would love to get They'll a week at the comedy yeah. club And most clubs, when they find somebody that does a good job, they're going to use them a lot. Yeah. So there's even more pent-up demand for that position. Absolutely. So, you know, for the comedy club scene, you're not going to really tell them what you demand. (laughs) (laughs) You know, as you move up to the feature spot, they're going to do the same kind of thing, kind of tell you what they've got, and that's what you work, and that's what you get. And the headliner spot, initially, they're going to tell you what they've got. And oh, you mean the, what they've got in a budget for Yeah, or, okay. they're, they're going to say, hey, Gavin, we've got 900 bucks for this Thursday right. through Saturday thing. You want to do it? Right. And you say, yeah. I say, yeah. Okay. And you get in. And <laughs> if you if you do it multiple times and you show that people are actually coming to see Gavin, they're just not coming in because it's Saturday night. Right. Then, and if you notice that and you've got proof of that. And that might be sort of just, I mean, there
0: are many different kinds of headliners and many different kinds of middle guys. Because the headliner, if it's, you know, some... Uh, you know, huge TV guy or whatever that's coming down. That's going to be a totally different right, right, figure. Right, right. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So I'm just going to talk, you know, unless we got some of those people listening to the podcast, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go with the people By that the are way, working hello, our ways up. Hello? <laughs> <'Cause>, we might. <laughs> Send us an email. <laughs> so the headliner at that point will kind of define that, hey, I'm worth more than X. Sure. Um, X is based on a decent crowd. We're selling out every show, and then that's when the headliner has some leverage. Cachet. And then maybe in a future episode, we'll talk about door deals and and door plus beverage or door minus this and all that kind of stuff. So, in that marketplace of comedy clubs, it's pretty much they tell you and you do it. And you do it, okay. And do it because you need the experience. Right. Everybody listening here that hasn't been on, that hasn't gone full time yet, you don't have possibly an entire act that's that's fluid and that's consistent so they're paying you to learn yeah and sometimes they pay you very little but the Mm -hmm. experience is worth a lot oh my
0: gosh that is so true (laughs) stage time is
1: gold so just look at it as as kind of a trade-out in that sense yeah okay so the rest of this episode I'm really going to talk about when somebody approaches you to do a show for them Uh, maybe they saw you at the comedy club maybe you're emceeing or featuring maybe you started the headline but somebody says hey we've got a company event or we've got a fundraiser We've got, uh, you know, maybe after dinner speaker kind of situation, a banquet that you can perform at. to
0: to run the raffle and do the, you know,
1: And and they don't know what your price is. They don't even know what their budget is. They're just kind of feeling it out. Yeah. So somebody will come up and say, what's your fee for the event? All right. A few things that I highly recommend. (laughs) One, you don't give them a, a number right out of the gate. Okay. Even if you have a number, don't give it to them right out of the gate. Okay. Find out a little information first because not all gigs are equal. Right by any stretch of the imagination. I've never done two gigs that are the same. (laughs) Even when I've done two gigs for the same company, the gigs haven't been exactly the same. So a few questions to ask them first. The big one, and this this helps you in a lot of different ways, but ask them how they found out about you. Okay. Okay. Maybe it was they just saw you at the the club and grabbed you right off the stage, but if, if a phone call came in or an email came in, reply back, hey, I'd like to talk to you about this. How did you find out about me? Right. Okay. If the, they found out about you from a friend of theirs who's also a comedian, that's not going to be as, we, you know, a heavy weight sure. as, um, we we saw your clips on the internet and we showed them around the office and we're fired up about getting you Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to find out what their level of interest and okay. knowledge is.
0: So yeah, we're auditioning between you and 100 other comedians, not the same. Exactly. As, as we love you already and we want you to come do this how much do you charge that's yeah. right
1: yeah because you you will get some calls where they only want you and they have never even considered right. a comic before yeah. you and so you've got a little bit in your favor in that sure. situation now you, you hit on something good there how many other comics are they looking at yeah you know that's a question i would ask yeah i would first ask how would you find out about me who else are you considering for this opportunity right. they'll be dead by the weekend <laughs> yeah i'll go, <laughs> I'll go pull a, a, Nope. Tanya Harding on yeah. <laughs> it. Take a, Jeff Galooli right to the yeah. kneecap oh, God. and knock him out. Uh, maybe a throat punch would be better. Yeah, but uh, yeah, find out who else if they're looking at other people or not. Right. And if they do say they are looking at other people, who are they looking at? Yeah. Well, you know, your value shouldn't be based on somebody else's value, but it will give you a, a ballpark sure. of where they're coming from. If they're like, well, we're looking at Ke- Kevin Nealand and uh, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, you know, Bobcat. Oh okay. Yeah. He'd <laughs> or, be
0: great. Can I come
1: watch? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or they say, well, yeah. my uncle Bob is, is thinking about doing it, and we've got Tom from accounting who did a storytelling thing right. last year. Yeah. That gives you a little bit of yeah. Oh parameters. yeah,
0: I do something totally different. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so if if they heard about you, but they haven't gone to your website, then I would recommend, especially if you've got a good web presence. Right. And we'll do a whole episode on that for sure too. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We need to.
1: But if you've got a strong showing on the internet, and you've got YouTube, or you've got thousands of hits. Or, or just great material, mm-hmm. then you send them to that, you know, and make sure they they see your value. Yeah, a phone call does not give them all the information they need, especially if they just heard from somebody that you should be the one they call. Sure. All right. So that way you can kind of build up their expectations. Yeah. And then I simply ask them, what is your expectations for this event? Okay. And and that that entails, are you looking to? Is it just a night of laughter? Right. All okay. Right. Do you just want to like let off some steam for a, a company event? Or is this a fundraiser where you want me to actually not only show up to do my comedy, but help with the silent auction? Yeah. Are you expecting me to help promote the event? Yeah. Are you h- expecting me to, um, you know, line up other comedians to open for me? Uh-huh. How much time do you think uh, yeah. you, you would want me to do? How what-
0: much organizational stuff? For- extra other than just walking up with the mic right you're gonna have to do yeah
1: yeah i mean do you have a pa system there's all kinds of stuff that you, oh, yeah. you need That's to find out yeah. you know what are the expectations for me Well, some
0: of that stuff was on your uh your gig contract uh yeah on the contract yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah some of that was on there yeah if
1: you haven't listened to that definitely go back and check it out i think it was episode eight uh, something like that yeah um, but tons of stuff that you would put into that yeah. that situation but find out what their expectations are and be honest with yourself, if you can't provide what they're looking for, don't take the gig. Because it's Because you take the gig, their expectations aren't met, their goal you know, whatever it, their expectation is isn't met. And now that gig does not exist for another comedian next year because ah, uh, a comedian was a bad idea. And definitely
0: not you. <laughs> right.
1: So you don't want a company tapping out of comedy altogether because you didn't provide what right. they needed. Okay. B. Honest, And if, you know, Gavin, if somebody calls you right now and said, hey, we need oh. somebody to do an hour.
0: Yeah. Th- oh, I would say no. <laughs> but you could.
1: I got a good guy, Rick Roberts. <laughs> and sure. I can open yeah. for him. Oh, right. Yeah. And so work yourself into the gig. Yeah. If you can. So, you know, and a lot of you listen probably have maybe 10 or 15 minutes. I mean, we've got all sure. kinds of people that listen. Sure. But if you find yourself only having 10 or 15 and you know a solid headliner that's helped you out. Right. That maybe has taking you under their wing a little bit as you started going. So, you know what? I'm not the perfect fit for the entire event. Right. But I've got this guy who'd be perfect, and I I'll open for him. We'll do the hour together, yeah. and then you make the introduction for the headliner to that contact, totally. and the gig is solid. Yeah, you get your little foot in the door to do 15 minutes, <laughs> and then the next year, yeah, you could you recommend yeah. somebody else yep. until you build yourself into that full. You could be, I know, some, I've got a couple of gigs where I do. Where I'm, I've been there for five or six years in a row,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I'm opening it up and introducing other headliners. Right, yeah, you know. So keep the gig alive. Make sure the gig exists. Don't blow the gig for all future comedians. (laughs) Right. Because they'll go right back to karaoke. Oh, They'll go to a dinner, mystery dinner thing, mystery murder, whatever they call those things. Yeah, Um, The casino nights. There's a lot of other options. Sure, sure. Back to the band that nobody dances to. Make sure when they've had the first experience of comedy, it's a great one. Right. So spread the wealth a little bit. Okay, so let's say you meet their expectations. Uh Uh-huh. And everything is lining up pretty nice, and there's really not that much competition. You think it's going to be you? Yeah. You know, you're a commodity. How can you also raise your level beyond maybe what they're expecting to pay you now? Okay. I mean, let's just throw out just a.
0: You just, mean raising the amount that they're willing to pay? Yes. Okay.
1: Okay, because here's here's the the weird thing about comedy, um, and even even bands don't face this issue so much. Right. Comedy, your act is finite so you you know most people have an hour okay or 15 minutes or 30 and when they book you you can't really go back again six weeks later or a month later right or a year later sometimes it takes a couple three years to get even 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 people that have asked me to come back i usually try to wait two to three years yeah so it's all fresh for them yeah
0: because they fired everyone. Well, yeah, <laughs> they yeah, fired everyone. Right. Everyone. Well, that's new. what I should ask him now. Enjoy that's my new lives. question. Yeah. How,
1: how big is uh, your turnover? Did you fire everybody? <laughs> I can come back in six weeks. Yeah. I'll fire them for you. I've yeah. done that before. Uh, so anyway, so you want to see how you can get get a little bit more for the event, right? Because there may be a chance you only get to work for this company mm-hmm. or this event or this fundraiser once, right? So you got to maximize that night. Okay. So that's when I start moving into the positioning part of the negotiation. Okay. You know they want you. Now you're going to position yourself as an extremely good value commodity, for them, yeah. a commodity. But you're going to show them that you're unique. Nobody else has an act like mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you guys call me. You know, and you sure. can you can actually get the words from them in that initial conversation. How did you hear about me? Blah blah blah. What did you like about my clips you saw online? Right. And they'll tell you the words to tell them back. Yeah. We like you because you're clean, you're personable, and you look like you're easy to get along with. Yeah. So you turn that right back around, <laughs> and you say, "Okay, so I, I know that I'm, what you're looking for, and I'm, I guarantee I'm going to provide a nice, clean show for you. It's going to be right."
0: And they're like, "Oh, that's really? Good, fresh. That's why we call it. That's exactly it's what It's their you words. Want. Yeah, it's almost right. like
1: they forgot they said it."
0: Oh, the totally.
1: Yeah. All right. So you're repeating back to them what you want, and then you tell them the the one thing. Think of one thing that you can do for this event that maybe nobody else can. Okay. So if it's a fundraiser, uh-huh. what if you said, you know, I'll do my hour show. And I'd be more than happy to help you out with a silent auction. In fact, I've done this before, and you guys can try this too. I'll, I'll be up on stage along with the auctioneer, and I'll be making some funny comments about the different things that so, he's auctioning off uh, to yeah. get the interest. Because if he's just saying numbers and holding up a glass jar with sure. a, you know, some, a, a monkey's head in it and he's auctioning off, whatever it yeah. might be, you have an opportunity to keep people focused on the stage instead of tuning out. Yeah. So there's there's ways you might say uh, you might have a personal interest in the cause that they're raising money for. Sure, yeah, and you'd be more than happy to promote it on your different channels right, and social gotcha. media and stuff. Uh, you might have a connection. In your rolodex of contacts that could help make this event even bigger, even better. Yeah, maybe you've been into the local TV station or radio mm-hmm. station before, and you can make that connection so they get some extra publicity. Yeah. Now, <laughs> if you're just bringing that up, they have to have. Yeah. yeah. To have somebody on stage to help the auctioneer out for an hour or forty minutes, that'd be an extra seven, eight hundred, nine hundred bucks. Yeah. You're gonna make yourself valuable to them in some way that they couldn't do it without you. But I
0: think I think maybe that even the part that's sort of behind what you're saying is like you must actually sit down and figure out what you bring to the table and have those things in your mind when you're gonna have that conversation. Cause if they go like, you know, I mean, they won't ask you, what do you bring to the table? They won't say that, but, right. but you know, if you go, um, well, it, there was something about being funny. Oh yeah, yeah, that was it. Being, you know, right. you got, it's gotta come. You have to be professional, super professional about it and you know, that, that comes with just about anything but I mean yeah you know.
1: well uh, you know we should do a, a, a total episode on, <laughs> on personal inventory of, yeah. of all your skills yeah uh, some of you guys that are listening are great at writing customized jokes and customized material right this is where you bring it up hey, I'd be more than happy to do my act, but would it interest you at all if I gave you five to ten minutes of very specific stuff? Sure. We could even brainstorm some ideas and write some jokes and stuff that's very specific to your group. Yeah. Now you've really positioned yourself as a unique performer. Yeah. Now lots of comics say they can do that, mm-hmm. and lots can, but knowing that you can and, and proving that you have in the past right. with some references or what have you, Can put you in a spot where they're like, "Gosh, we have to get this guy." Yeah, we're gonna step. You know what we're gonna do? We didn't have the extra six hundred bucks in the budget or an extra thousand bucks, but we're not gonna have dessert. We're gonna have you.
0: You, yeah, you know, and they will.
1: They will do things like that. Yeah, totally. So we know what the market is. We position ourselves really well. Now, before you say yes, think about what (laughs) what this event costs you. All right, you're gonna make money, but what's it cost you? The number one thing that we all don't have enough of is what. Time. Time. <laughs> so how long is it going to take? Is this a local gig or an out-of-town gig? Yeah. Lots of speakers and comics have a local price and an out-of-town price. Okay. You can experiment with that either way. I try to have a price that's solid, and then if I travel, it's plus expenses. Okay.
0: That's what I was going to say. That That's kind of what – I mean, I do a lot of construction stuff, and that's that's kind of what you know I do is I say it's, it's whatever my costs are and then plus this amount right, for me. Right, right. You know,
1: and and that's you can always bend that. You know, there's, there's, you want to have price integrity, sure, but you also want to be flexible and take some gigs sometimes to help somebody out, or or maybe you just want to do it, and that's yeah. what we're going to talk about here. You know. Um, what can you leverage from doing this event? Yeah. All right. So first is your opportunity cost. If I went there and it's going to take me three days to get there, and I'm only—I mean, I went to Santa Fe, New Mexico, <laughs> not too long ago for a nine-minute yeah. uh, gig, yeah—and it cost me more than a day and a half of travel. Oh my so, gosh,
0: for sure, yeah.
1: So you're going to lose a half day or a day on the calendar that you could potentially book something else. Mm-hmm. So don't just think because you got a booking for the week that that's great you that may keep you from doing another gig yeah so you want to raise your price a little bit because you can't really book yourself on that travel day yeah, for sure and also all the other things it didn't used to be a, as big of a deal to me but now that I'm doing the school of laughs on top of my performing yeah if <laughs> if I have 2 days on the road I can't get anything else done for the school of laughs right you know but I'm doing my gigs that's fine So I'm trying to pick and choose when I go out a little bit more because there's a lot of things I still want to do with
0: this. We need to be strategic. Right. That's, I think, the point, you know, you got to be strategic about what you're doing.
1: Absolutely. You can't just like take it and then hate yourself later, you know. So, so you got, you know, you kind of know what the hassle factor is there and what it's going to cost you to go out of town, all those kinds of things. Then start thinking, what can I leverage from this event? Okay. What else can I get out of this event besides money? Can I get contacts from this event? Fame and fortune. Fame and fortune is great. <laughs> you know, it's short lived, but yeah. it's it's great. It's 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 jet fuel and it burns fast. Sure. Yeah. I wouldn't mind having the pellet fire <laughs> myself. But what else can I get from this event? If it's going to be, you know, a chamber of commerce. Now, some comics listening are like, "What would I ever do a gig there?" Right. These are great if you're a corporate comedian because you're in front of business leaders from that city. Got okay, yeah. Sometimes as many as three hundred different companies are at these chamber events. Yeah so you have a chance not only to perform and, and make your income from that night but make an impression and make an impression and market yourself yeah and so at events like that i'll just give you a little tip that i do is on the way out if it's a chamber event especially i'll make sure they all have some one sheets or some promo materials or business cards or sometimes they give away 300 cds wow okay so they, it's worth it. Right? Everybody I mean, worth leaving it. there yeah. has to have my name on something. Yeah, I'm in the program, but they're going to toss that <laughs> a CD. Yeah, they'll toss it after they listen to it. Sure. Yeah. But everybody there, so I'll ask the event planner. You know, if if we book this, you know, would you be able to allow me to give away 300 CDs, or there, would it be yeah. okay if I, you know, gave my business card to everybody that was there? Right. Or would it be okay if I collected business cards in a fishbowl yeah. from everybody at the event?
0: And is it is that kind of expected? Uh, from the point of view of the people that would be attending a chamber of commerce thing is that kind of expected to, that they might get stuff and they might
1: well they it depends a lot of chamber events they have a bag oh okay and all the different businesses in the chamber pitch something okay. in there so it's it's not uncommon for them yeah. to walk away at the gift bag and you can just put stuff right in there. i've done very
0: few chamber of commerce gigs <laughs> yeah
1: well i'll tell you just a quick aside but it's something to think about if you guys are out there and you have a clean set cuz you can do sometimes as short as a 20 or 30 minute set for some of these chamber oh, things wow. And I had one uh, that I booked three years ago that from that, at least nine, if not 10 different events came from that one oh, yeah. gig.
0: So you could give away two CDs, three CDs, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. To me, my yeah. CD
1: is my 69 cent business card. Yep. That's what it is. So yeah. it doesn't do me any good to have a 2,000 of them in the garage. Yeah. I try to go through a couple thousand every year. Yeah. Get them out there. And sometimes it's three years later they call you. Up. Right. So anyway, that's just a little aside. So that's one way you can leverage an event. Yeah. Think about different things you can do. Um, do, they, do will they have a photographer there? Sure. Hey, would, would you mind having the photographer take a few pictures of me on stage that I could use as my promo kit? Totally. Different things like that. Yep. We can get into greater detail, yeah. um, but different ways you can get some extra value. And then, and this is a tough one to, to <laughs> answer sometimes, because sometimes you just do need the gig and de- do need the money, mm-hmm. but how does this actually help my career? Right. All right. Now, for me, doing a corporate event makes total sense because it spawns other corporate events. Sure. And a chamber banquet has other opportunities. Some of you guys out there that are only focused on getting TV or a Comedy Central special, this, this may not be a good fit for you. Right. You might want to take those... 10 gigs a year that you could have got at these different corporate events and spend those 10 days going to New York City and, and get some showcase football, yeah. sets or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. So your ultimate goal should always be leading you. And okay. we talked about that in a recent podcast. Yeah. Goals, if you don't know why you're doing it and what your goals are. Spinning your wheels. None of this makes any difference at <laughs> yeah. all. So s- make sure that the gig itself lines up with your goals. Okay, okay. And realize that if it doesn't, it's okay to still take it, but don't fool yourself thinking that you sure. did something well, Sometimes you, didn't you
0: do. I mean, you know, sometimes you just got to pay rent and somebody calls you up and Absolutely. says, Hey, we're going to pay you, uh, you know, $400 to come speak for, you know, a half an hour at a chamber of commerce thing. And, and you're like, well, uh, uh, okay, like Comcast yeah. wants my money now. Yeah,
1: <laughs> You know, you know, one of my favorite gigs I ever did was one of my first gigs I ever did and my college asked me to come back. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, this was really, I mean, I was probably a year and a half into it. Right. And people were still at the college that I knew. You yeah. know, that's how recent it was. <laughs> and it's open for Judy Gold, I believe oh, yeah. it was. And I just, the whole time I'm on stage, I'm thinking they're helping me pay off a student loan right now. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know what I mean? <sighs> so it's, you know, that helped right. my career and the fact that it, it helped me pay the bills. So yeah. that's okay too. So those are all the questions you should ask yourself. You know, is this a good event for me? Right. We already know it's a good event for them, mm-hmm. have you? And then you start to boil down your price. Yeah. Okay, so one thing, obviously, is your travel expenses. You have the option to have them pay for travel expenses, or you, you can roll it into your fee. Let's say your fee is 2000 bucks, and it's going to cost you 500 Right. Say, you know, this is my be 2000 plus expenses or $2,500 all inclusive
0: Gotcha. But, but that does... I mean that puts you you better be looking for like cheap plane tickets and, right, right, right. and be on top of that because if all of a sudden you go to book a Thanksgiving Day gig and you're like eh, it should only cost me three hundred dollars and so you you know you you sign up for the basically include the three hundred dollars and all you find out it's an eight hundred dollar ticket right you still got to go to the gig yeah like yeah. <laughs> you so, just made no money <laughs> yeah and it's
1: and the more you do it you know five hundred bucks is really tight yeah. to travel somewhere it, yes. especially. You know, I always, I always ask them to get me the hotel round. Yeah, okay. You know, regardless. And then I'll take, because I'd rather book my flight to fly when I want to fly. Yeah. And grab the car that I like. Right. So, and really, it's a hassle if when they book your car and you show up to the rental car counter and there's three different it's, names on it and a company account and all yep. that stuff. Yeah. Plus, as a little side bonus, you get your miles and your rewards when you book it yourself. Yes,
0: which does add up.
1: It does add up. So... All that stuff, but you, you've got to know what that number is because whatever that number is is not what you're earning. Okay. That's an expense that yeah. you're incurring on the event, right? Then I have what I call the hassle factor, and we alluded to that a second ago. But, man, some gigs – there are some places from Nashville, Tennessee, where we're based, <laughs> it's virtually impossible to get to without an entire day's travel. Travel, yeah. Or a 5 a.m. flight. Yep. Oh, it's so, I just
0: flew in a non-comedy-related thing. I just uh, drove to South Dakota – and flew back, and it took me almost just. It felt like it took me just about as long. It you know you there's no flights leaving the mm-hmm. small little airport, so it takes you all day. You got to get there and then you wait around for oh, the, man. the half the day in these little podunk airport places, yeah. and it it just that cost is much higher than you know going up to Washington D.C., which is an hour and a half flight and you're done.
1: Right, and there's 40 flights nonstop yeah, a day all the time. Yeah, so <clears throat> look at your hassle factor. You know, I can't say that enough because... Rick,
0: do you need to take a deep breath
1: and just... And I got all choked up got, thinking about a rental t- car. <laughs> I can't wait till we play that song at the end of the episode. Oh, God. No, I was... You, you know, some of these gigs, let's be honest, uh, if it's... And no, no offense to accountants or engineers, yeah. but if it's a room full of male accountants or mm-hmm. engineers, it's a tough gig. Yeah. so throwing a few extra hundred bucks on top of that mm-hmm. that's not a fun night uh if, it, if it's for anybody me anybody you
0: don't like just put it on there yeah. attack it on the top i mean
1: here's something important to do maybe make a list of things you don't like to do yeah and when somebody asks you to do them and it is attached to your comedy gig charge them a little bit more for yeah. it so you don't have to sit there and think i'm doing this and do I you know be how paid much extra? money
0: i would charge the irs to do come <laughs> do a comedy gig for oh, yeah no doubt
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to our next little point. Is don't oh. for, don't forget that. Let, and let's go with our example of a thousand dollar gig. Yeah, let's just say it was something you could drive to and get your own hotel. But that's two hundred bucks of expenses. Got yeah. You know, so maybe it's down now to an eight hundred dollar gig. Mm-hmm. And you've got your taxes. Yes. And everybody's got different tax brackets. But if you're, let's say you had a thousand dollar gig to start with, it and you're in the twenty eight percent tax bracket, uh-huh. you're down to seven hundred and twenty bucks before oh. you even talk about your travel expenses. Right. All right. If you're a believer and you're, you're in your tithing, yeah. <laughs> right? Another ten percent off of that. Now you're down to the, the mid six hundreds. Yeah. So that's the money you're taking home. It looks great when you have a calendar and it says a thousand dollar gig on Friday. But it looks good. It's all the way down to six something. Yeah. Though. So it's just like like the people who want to win the Powerball. (laughs) And then they go, oh, man, I'm not going to play the lottery. They're going to take my taxes out. Totally, yeah. So you might need to add some Mm -hmm. zeros to the top of that number. And then after all that, that's when you quote the price. Yeah. I never do it on the initial phone call. Okay. I always do it after I have time to process and, and get the information and let them soak with the information. And
0: usually they'll, they'll be good with that. I, I do a little bit of stuff with corporate, you know, travel and expenses and stuff like that. And if you tell them, like, uh, hey, give me a day. Uh, let me do a little bit of research on it, and I will call you right back and figure that out. Th- they're like, great. that That's great. You yep. know? So th- they will give you that time to figure that out. Well, you know? it,
1: here's a couple of things, and, and these are true statements that I tell them now. It's like, you know, this sounds good to me. I need to check my schedule yeah. and check my wife's schedule. Yeah, because there may be a school event, or my son might be. My son's doing gigs now. I don't want to miss those. Yeah, so it's
0: crazy your son doing so many gigs. And and he did like,
1: the he did the Hard Rock last like Sunday. Nuts. Yeah,
0: and he had his little musician face on, <laughs> yeah. and he was like killing it. Yeah,
1: and, and he did that gig for free, but he leveraged it into some free food at the Hard Rock. I think. Oh, nice. Anyway, so you want to come back to him after you've processed it? Give him. I always give him the the fee in writing. An okay. email. I'll all call right. them and say, hey, I've got a, a quote for you. I'm going to send an email right now. Mm-hmm. That way it tells them what my fee is, my expectations, and they can pass that on. Sometimes the person that I'm talking with isn't the actual decision maker. Oh, yeah, It's the secretary in charge or the event planner, and they have to run it by their boss right. or their committee. So I don't want to confuse them. It's all printed out, and yeah. they can present that, and there's no way they can jumble that up. Yeah. And then you sit back and see if they take, take the gig or not. Yeah.
0: Take the bait. Take the bait. I thought you were going to say take the bait. Well. <laughs> sort of. But I mean, you know.
1: It's one of those deals where in the long run, I always say quote a price you can live with and a price you can live without. Yeah. Okay. So in that sense, if it's a really big hassle gig, your $1,000 price, you might want to quote them 2000 because by the time you come back, it's going to whoop you. It's totally. going to be two days of travel. Totally. And it, you know, whatever. The other, you know, just some ballpark ideas for you guys out there on how to quote a fee. You know, one is really easy. Um, <laughs> if you're going full-time comedy, you look at your bills and expenses and, and living expenses, and you divide that into 30 days on the calendar, Yeah. and realize you only get booked for about six or seven of those days when you're doing corporate gigs, yeah. and then you multiply. Uh, you can look at what you wanna make for the year, the amount of yeah. gigs you think you're gonna get. I mean, if you only booked one gig a week, And your target's fifty two thousand dollars a year, then it's a thousand bucks you need to. Yeah, you know, but you got to make sure that your fifty two is either is your net. Yeah. So what would that gross look like? Yeah. So look at what you're earning now. You know, one thing. We will. I always come up with podcast ideas as we're spinning it here. Twenty
0: here today, yeah.
1: But we're going to talk to a friend of mine who he's a friend now. Five years ago, I didn't know him. He took the comedy classes on December thirteenth. He's going to leave his full time job and go pro. Oh, very cool. So we're going to get him on the podcast, and we're going to talk about when do you know it's time to flip the switch and go that transition. Yeah, and that's awesome. Part of that is, and I think you know, I talked to him about it. See if you can live on the comedy money you're making now that you're doing it on the side with. Right, and if you can live on that if you quit your job, you're going to be fine. Yeah. You're living on that money. And, and in the meantime, you've banked money from your job to help yeah. you get a little nest egg yeah. going. So all kinds of stuff we can talk about on that yeah, podcast. Yeah. But ultimately, you're free to quote whatever you want. I hope those gave you some guidelines in there. You know? That's so true.
0: That's so and for true. a
1: long time, it's going to be somebody's going to tell you what they got. Yeah. But when they start coming up to you and say, what's your fee? Think about the different, you know, different responsibilities you have to provide for your family or for you and then the hassle factor that's such a a
0: huge factor i just built a swing set for somebody because i do a little bit of construction work on the side and uh i couldn't just do a normal one i had to dig four feet into the tennessee soil which is basically solid rock yeah Um, bedrock yeah and so it instead of me being able to like build a swing set in a beautifully air-conditioned uh workshop it was me in the tennessee sun with a Post hole digger mm-hmm. uh, going at it for two days. Oh. Like, so hassle factor, I said, you know, basically, you know, listen, this is going to cost you X amount of thousands of dollars for, for this to happen. And they went, you know, oh, gosh. And I said, yeah, well, you know, if your hill was different, right. then I could do it an easy way. But, you know, I I when I walked away, the amount of money that I charged made me happy. regardless of me sitting out there and and digging these god-awful holes it was it made it was enough and that hassle that hassle number is so important because it was a lot of hassle
1: right yeah so soak all that in uh i'm always interested in what you guys think too i mean send me some of your ideas you can send them to school at gmail.com if we get a few in we'll mention them in one of the future podcasts send Uh, us
0: some hassle money
1: just send yeah. us some money <laughs> <laughs> and certainly if uh, if you found out about this podcast episode from a Facebook group yeah, uh, feel free to after you listen to this post some comments in there if you found yes. any value let people know about the episode and also if you have any ideas if we missed something totally I mean obviously we can't cover everything yeah. but I'd love to hear where you're coming at in your different parts of your career and where you're at on your journey that'd be awesome and uh, these podcasts are all about you so the more you interact with us the better we can serve you yeah Well, Gavin, that's going to be it for now. Once again, to the late, great Tom Maliazzi, thank you for playing my rental car song, and we'll go out listening to that, and we'll see you guys next time at the School of Laughs. Thank you. There's something about a rental that seems so
2: appealing It may just be a you-go, but you go four-wheeling Play bumper cars on crowded city streets Put your cigarettes out right in the seat It's a rental, it's not really your car You can knock down Harleys in front of a biker bar you can drag race a horse, get it up to ninety, and pop it in reverse. You can get in the left lane and go thirty-five, set that cruise control and sleep while you drive. Let a strange dog have its litter on the floor. Knock down pedestrians by opening the door. It's a rental. Have to take it back, drive it through a hailstorm and watch that windshield crack. It's a rental. Go ahead and have a ball instead of dodging potholes. Now you can hit them all. Make some extra cash by selling off the tires. Drive it on the rims till the spark starts setting fires. Ride the brakes you can't burn out the clutch it's not really tailgating until the fenders touch it's rental you don't have to keep it clean see how it runs on a tank of kerosene it's rental it's just 50 bucks a day just for fun when you fill out the form sign your name Timothy McVeigh Yep, hello, hello, yes. I'd like to place an order for an amphibious vehicle. I'd need it one way to Guantanamo Bay. I need that uh, payload to accept about 200 tons of dynamite, some gate cutters, some Gatorade, a couple of Snicker bars. I'd like to put that on my debit card.
0: Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaps.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.